When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. I'm Jay Zawoski with Greg Boyson and Mario Tirabasi. Six days away from Connor Bedard and the NHL draft and all sorts of chaos and mayhem and brand new Blackhawks. And it's going to be a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. And if you have not gotten your fix of draft coverage yet, today's going to be a fun day for you. At 2.30, we're going to be joined by Elite Prospects Cam Robinson. He is one of my favorite guests we've ever had on the show. We're going to let him wax poetic about Connor Bedard for three or four minutes. Sure. Then we're going to get into the nitty-gritty of the draft. If there's anyone we missed on Monday or Tuesday's show you're interested in hearing for about, chat us during Cam's visit, and we'll try to get your questions answered. But we got some Hawks news to start the show first. Make sure you smash that like button on YouTube. Make sure you are subscribed to our YouTube page. Make sure you are following or subscribed on your preferred podcast app and all the podcast apps. Mm-hmm. Download them all. Subscribe on each of them, and then listen whenever you want, and leave us five-star reviews wherever we'll accept it. We would like that. We should also remind you, as we are six days away from the NHL draft, we are five days away from our arrival in Nashville, Tennessee. Join us at our Hopsmith event on Tuesday, June 27th for a happy hour and meet up before the Hawks make history. Mm -hmm. Each ticket includes all you can drink from one to four, food and our new draft pick t-shirt when it becomes official you'll get 20 percent off as you always do if you're a diehard and there's regular tickets available as well go to allchgo.com to find all the details on our trip to nashville cannot wait we are going to be all over connor bedard not physically all over the coverage of connor bedard hey I, I, I can get that security. I'm shifty. <laughs> you're the youngest of the three of us. It would look least creepy if you're doing it. <laughs> um, we should not pull up in our uh, travel van, though. That probably wouldn't be great. No, no. We'll, hey, we'll, Connor, you want to come in a van? We'll leave the, the CHGO uh, RV. Oh, we'll leave it at the I Airbnb. Free, I got a sign that says free puppies, too, so I should leave that on. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you never know what you might find. Free candy won't work on him. He doesn't like candy, so... Free That's protein good. shakes. There you go. Go. Free, <laughs> free kale protein shakes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we do have some news. Uh, huge news. I mean, wow. Joey Anderson signs a one-year two-way contract with the Hawks. $800,000 salary cap hit. Uh, two-way deal. This is a no-brainer. Yeah. A very versatile player. Played well when he, after being acquired from Toronto. And uh, really was helpful to Rockford when those playoffs began. I think the Hawks are not going to make the playoffs next year. So you can kind of expect maybe the same thing. Where as soon as the season ends, Joey heads down to Rockford, becomes a bit bit of a veteran leader, adds some scoring depth, and uh, I like this signing more than fair contract for both parties, and yeah. it's just another another guy checked off the box. He's he's definitely a guy that uh, is can can step into a bottom six role and and play it well, produce. I think you know he he jumped he came over in the Lafferty McCabe trade. Um, from Toronto, and he was in a situation where he kind of was that like back and forth player on a, on a contending team in Toronto. Couldn't really find a a home in the, in the NHL lineup, and now I think he's going to get an opportunity to do it uh, in Chicago. He he found a, a pretty good spot uh, at the end of last season, and and yeah, I like the two way deal. I like the ability for him to jump back and forth uh, between Rockford and, and Chicago if if need be. I think he's. Uh, the kind of player that 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 fits that role, kind of like that four A player, and and look like he could, you know, given given some consistent NHL time, maybe he could take that step and become, you know, a regular NHL contributor uh, in in that kind of role. But I, I like his versatility. Uh, I like you know the 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 way he plays the game. It's kind of kind of Taylor Radish light uh, a little bit, and 
yeah, I, I think it's it's a fine signing. Uh, gives him an opportunity to you know thrive and hey, maybe he again at the trade deadline is you know moved to a team up the ladder. It, it, it could could do that, or he could be one of those guys that like he did last season, go back to Rockford at the end of the year, you know, kind of mentor the younger roster and, and give them some push as they hope to again push for a playoff spot. Yeah, I. Uh you can't really complain about it as as um our buddy ben pope of the sun times tweeted out this morning uh anderson was a guy that kyle davidson's had wanted to bring in for a while uh so it was a guy that he's targeted as someone that fits what he wants to do so you know he went out and made sure he was part of that deal with toronto and he played well with the hawks you know there's nothing flashy about his game he's not gonna be an nhl all-star anytime soon but you know when he those last few games of the of the season, you know after the trade deadline when he put Anderson, Jujarkara and uh, Boris Kachuk together, the, the sweet car line, uh, <laughs> they uh, they were the most effective line the Hawks had those last dozen games of the season. Uh, dare I say Joey Anderson is one of the best, if not the best, four checker on the team. He's relentless, ton of energy physical will will score uh will score a goal every once in a while can kill penalties sure eight hundred thousand bucks yeah me up. why not you know, yeah. this pocket is, change is he going to be a foundation piece is he a guy that's going to be a cornerstone of this franchise you build around yeah probably not most likely not but for what you're trying to assemble for the 23 24 season fits well yeah good teammate luke richardson likes him trusts him and, you know, Luke Richardson gives his seal of approval. You can bet that those guys are going to stick around, i.e. Jared Tenorti. It seems like, and maybe this is just me, I don't know. It seems like there's a bit of a, there's more to him maybe. With more opportunity, with more ice time, I feel like he could become more of what we've seen from him in his career so far. He was buried in Toronto, played a bottom role in Chicago, arriving late. Uh, I don't know, maybe he's a guy in a pinch that gets a, a spot in the top six here or there. I'm not saying he's going to be a you know 50 point guy by any means, but I think there's a little more to him than just like some replacement level fourth line plugger. Yeah, he seems to have more to his game than that, a little more offensive touch than that. So again, I'm not projecting him to be any sort of consistent, reliable scorer, but I think he is more than just like we saw the team made up of last year was just kind of like insert bottom six guy here, and they'll be perfectly fine and not really give you much of anything one way or the other i think joey anderson seems to have a little bit of upside yeah yeah i i would agree i think there's still some more to his game that he can that he can tap into and and yeah i mean this this roster as it uh gets constructed over the next i don't know two weeks two three weeks uh you know maybe there is an opportunity for him to play uh, a more elevated role depending on you know which RFAs the Blackhawks bring back, which free agents they look at, um, what kind of trades they make uh, in the next week or so at the, at the draft. And once free agency opens, it'll be interesting to see how everything shakes out. But I think given the situation that the Blackhawks are in right now, as it currently stands, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind Joey Anderson getting an opportunity to play elevated role, uh, you know, more, more consistently on the third line, maybe get up to the second line a little bit, give, give him some different responsibilities. Uh, you know, much like last year was this year, this upcoming season is a good opportunity to, you know, experiment a little bit, see mm-hmm. what you have in some of these players that are going to still only have, you know, one or two years left, uh, on, on their contracts and see if you have anything in them, because, you know, it's it, you're not going out and restructuring your team through free agency and trades completely this summer. You you might have more of that next summer. So uh, give the give these some of these players like uh, you know like like Joey Anderson, like Mike Hardman, like Luke Philp, um, you know, an opportunity to to see if you have anything in them. Um, you know, we know we assume Philip Kurashev uh, is going to get a decent. Uh, uh, contract extension uh, he of the RFA status currently um, you know maybe Austin Wagner is a guy that they that they give back we heard from Scott Powers today uh, Anders Bjork will not be getting a qualifying offer although it doesn't necessarily mean that he won't be back with the team 
just means they're not going to spend $1.8 million just to, to, to bring him back. Um, so yeah, I think, you know, guys like that, it's a perfect opportunity for them to, you know, fully see what you have in them and see if there, there are any reason to invest in them moving forward beyond this year. And at the end of, at the end of this season, uh, Joey Anderson still in arbitration eligible RFA. So it's not even like he's getting to UFA status or anything like that. Yeah, it's one of those just kind of when you when you saw the deal made, it sort of felt like they had him. It wasn't just a throw in. Yeah. It felt like they had a spot for Joey Anderson. So we'll see. And maybe he's flipped at a deadline. I want to address uh, there's conversation going on in the uh, chat here. Bedard's burner sort of kicked it off and, and took issue with Greg calling it, uh, saying that the next year is not a tank year. Um I don't think I don't think it is. I think we, I think Connor Bedard arriving um, eliminates the need for another tank season. There's still going to be a lottery team. They're not going for the playoffs next year, but they're not right. going to go balls out for number one again. Exactly. It's not going to be scorched earth and Connor Bedard. No, it, they're they're definitely want to get another lotto pick. There's no doubt about that. But you're not going to go all in for number one, and you know. Last year, you you had like major pieces to sell off. This year, you you don't. There's no Patrick Kane to no. trade. There's no Jake McCabe to trade. Well, there's it, no it, Jonathan it, it, Taves well, to. They're also trade. not here, and they were here last year. Yeah, and that let's be honest. Works. Even with Connor Bedard, last year's roster was better than what the Hawks have today. Even plugging in Connor Bedard, right. yeah, like last year's roster was better. Now maybe Max Domi comes back. Maybe. You know, Elliot Friedman's little uh, rumor, whatever you want to call it, about Vladimir Tarasenko has some legs to it, and they sign him somehow, mm-hmm. right? Like, okay, then the conversation begins. Which team is better? Either way, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a bottom finishing year. Yeah. I don't think they're the worst team in hockey anymore, but bottom five is definitely, in, I think, in the plans and expected. By the time we're blowing off fireworks on July fourth, well, we'll know if this upcoming season is going to be tank season or let's see what we have and maybe we finish bottom three maybe we finish 10th from the bottom and when i say it's not uh, when i've also said it's not going to be a tank season i also meant on this show we are not going to wring our hands (laughs) over every freaking loss we're not going to do tank standings we're not going to do that this year so like i don't care about next year's number one pick we haven't even made this year's yet (laughs) who could it be so We we got the ultimate prize. We got Connor Bedard. Let's let's enjoy that. Let's enjoy the rest of these great draft picks we're going to be picking here in a few days. Yeah. And then let's worry about the 2024 NHL draft in 2024. Like let's enjoy a season that actually going to have players that matter. You know, we're going to get a full season of Connor Bedard. We're going to get a full season of Lucas Reichel. We're going to see some of these young defensemen get a chance. Yep. As the season progresses, we're going to see some of these kids in Rockford, mm-hmm. Nolan Allen, Ethan Del Masters. We're going to see Drew Camezzo. We're going to see them at the professional level and see their progression. That's exciting. I'm not going to sit here every night and worry about where the ass jackets are yeah. and, and what's and I'm going on. I'm, I'm not, doing I'm not that bemoaning again. a win. I'm not doing that again. Absolutely no, not. I'm going to celebrate a Connor Bedard hat trick and a win over the Philadelphia Flyers or whoever it is. Like, I'm not going, we're not doing that again this year. It was worth it. Yeah. It paid off great in the end, but I'm just not, like, I literally, from like February to the end of the season, I dreaded post game shows when the Blackhawks won. I'm not doing that this year. No. No. So, not. Like, if that's they, what I mean, why it's not going to be a tank season on the CHGO Blackhawks postseason show. Because no. that, win, that be wasn't excited. fun. Yeah, if they if they win, be excited, um, because more than more likely than not, the reason that they're going to win games next year, Connor Bedard is going to be involved in that. Lucas Reichel is going to be involved in that. Um, you know, the, the the amount of what we can look forward to next season outweighs what what we had coming into last season, because what we were looking forward to last season was when is Jonathan Taze going to be traded. When is Patrick Kane going to be traded? Are they going to trade Connor Murphy or Jake McCabe? What's going to happen with the goaltenders? Are they going to flip Peter Morazic or Alex Stela? It was all about what we were looking forward to was the anticipation of when is the sell-off happening? This year, the anticipation is I want to watch Connor Bedard and Lucas Reichel uh, play 82 games. I want to see 
if Seth Jones continues that small but incremental, uh, you know, rise back up the the rankings of being a, you know a quality NHL defenseman as he continues to like kind of go back on that upswing under Luke Richardson. Um, what does Luke Richardson do in his second year? Is he able to have that same uh, culture in the locker room? Is he able to have that that same effect on the team where, yeah, maybe they're out-talented each night, but maybe they outwork a team that's sleeping on them uh, and, and, and get a win. And I, and I think this season, less teams are going to sleep on the Blackhawks because, A, Connor Bedard, uh, and, B, because last season – when everyone just assumed you could walk into Chicago and walk over the doormat of the Blackhawks, a lot of times those those, those games, the Blackhawks won, or, you know, they were close. Competitive. So yeah. they were competitive. Um, ask the Pittsburgh Penguins how that worked out. So uh, ask Boston Bruins how that worked out, the frauds. So, yeah, I, I think there's going to be so much more to look forward to this year on a positive side than it is going to be looking forward to things that are going to be make us all miserable right and i think we're going to see the way this team is built this year is not going to be designed to finish last again yeah because not necessarily not every short-term contract is oh we're going to flip them oh we're going to flip them it just might be the nature of how you know kyle davidson wants to kind of structure the contract structure the team so that he's not uh, committing to so much money going into next summer and the summer after when there's su- supposed to be some pretty big fish in free agency. Yep. Um, lots of storylines going into next season. Next week. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But right. heading into the next season, there'll be lots of storylines and there'll be fun, positive storylines. There'll be, mm-hmm. there'll be storylines that instead of an ending are like a beginning to a new book. Exactly. Like we had a lot of endings last year. Last season was all about the end of the Stanley Cup era, the end of Patrick Kane's time here, the end of Jonathan Taves' time here. Hosts Jersey. Hosts Jersey. Like it was the last nod to that great era. Yep. This season's about starting the next one. Yep. And I'm I'm looking forward to that. I'm excited. I said it yesterday. I, I drove by the United Center, looked at it longingly. Like let's drop the damn puck. Mm-hmm. And this for a team that's probably going to finish bottom five because I just want to see, well, like you said, the next part is here. Like this is like, uh, what was it like the twenty fourteen Cubs, right? Like when the pieces started arriving. Like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. I see that in a few years this could become something really good, and they're going to come more and more going to come. You know what I mean? Like it's it's in that exciting like oh eight oh nine part of the Hawks where you're like, oh boy, this is the next big yeah. thing. Like we're not quite there yet with the Hawks. But you can see from a distance, you can see that spot. I mean, yeah, yeah. Though that that kind of season is is that kind of season is approaching on the horizon much faster than it was before May eighth. The shortcut. So yeah, there he is absolutely. All right, we're. I, I need to go on a bit of a rant before Cam Robinson joins us. What do you What do you want? Well, I was going to say someone in the chat. Uh, I believe his his name is Snake with the avatar of uh, Snake. S- Silent Snake from Metal Gear Solid. Oh yeah. Uh, asking about uh, Fanatics jersey sizes for Bedard. Just for reference, uh, I wear a fifty two, which is equivalent to a large, and I am five foot nine, one hundred and eighty pounds. That's so, uh, I so think that's know. a fifty four. Which would be the equivalent of an XL, and I am 5'10", 236. Of solid muscle. Uh, sure. <laughs> as long as I don't move my laptop. I so. wear 58 because I'm 6'1 and fat. <laughs> so there you go. So there you go. For There's your, your sizing chart. For your reference. <laughs> I'm not going to try and sugarcoat it. It's already sugarcoated we, enough. Yeah, we've been sugarcoating it for a long time. That's my the problem. My skeleton is sugarcoated. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Anyway. Uh, I want to tell you about my alma mater, Lewis University. I always, as I always do, I have the shirt with me. I carry it with me so I can let everybody know where I went to college. And uh, if you're looking to get back into school as an adult, uh, Lewis is the place to do it. Students just like you with full-time jobs, families, uh, and full-time sports fandoms, you can go back to school and earn a respected degree from Lewis University. They're 35 miles southwest of Chicago in Romeoville, ranked as one of U.S. News and World Report's top-tier colleges. Lewis partners with numerous employers for tuition discounts and offers evening, online, and blended formats to help you balance work, family, and education. And the faculty, like I used to be, brings real-world real world experience, like I did, and instruction to the classroom, which is immediately 
relevant to your career. They offer career support and academic resources for all students. If you're looking to compete, complete your bachelor's or master's degree, or even enroll in a professional certificate program, Lewis has the right program for you. They offer several career-focused programs that will set you up for success. And uh, we've been talking about a couple different ones as the weeks have gone on here. Uh, but the Criminal Justice Public Safety Program, grad program at Lewis, is top-notch. First responders receive 20% off tuition discount, and tuition is deferred for six weeks after the end of each class. Undergrad-wise, the Criminal Social Justice Program is outstanding as well. Uh, I know several um, high-up firefighters and police officers who went to Lewis for their degree and have moved up very quickly in their fields. Uh, it is a great place to advance your career. Discover how a degree from Lewis can help you build a better world. Learn more at lewisu.edu slash you can do this. Hey, you know what else you can do? What? You can uh, check out ComEd for their energy efficiency program, and that's committed to helping families and businesses in the communities they serve, helping manage energy usage and lower energy bills now and into the very bright future. Yes, that is correct, Greg. ComEd offers a wide variety of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across their territory. ComEd also offers free facility assessments that can help find energy-saving opportunities like for HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, or industrial processes. Please explain to the hundreds of listeners who have not hit the like button yet how this works. Hit it. I will explain it to them while they're hitting the like button. An authorized engineer will work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs. These can be done in person or virtually and last approximately two hours. Within three to four weeks, customers will receive a report detailing energy efficiency projects that they can start working on immediately. Each recommendation will include estimated energy savings, cost savings, project costs, potential incentives, and simple payback. So if you own a business, do not wait. Get started saving money and energy, also known as Munergy, today. For energy saving tips, lighting incentives, or to schedule your free facility assessment, write this down, go to comed.com slash poweringbizbiz. I didn't get a pencil fast enough. Did you say comed.com slash poweringbiz? Greg, Greg, Greg. I did say uh, comed.com slash poweringbizbiz. Schedule your appointment today. All right. I promised a rant, but Cam Robinson is standing by, so I'm going to make it short. There is no one in the hockey world that would choose prime Pierre Turgeon over prime Jeremy Roenick. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> it is complete bullshit. If Pierre Turgeon is in the Hall of Fame, Jeremy Roenick should be in the Hall of Fame. I know he has said some controversial things. He has disappointed me many times in his post-playing career. But damn it, there is no player in the 90s that more exemplified 90s hockey than Jeremy Roenick laying people out, scoring 50 goals, huge celebrations. He was brash. He was outspoken. Look, was he perfect? No. Did he rub people the wrong way? No. Is there any other teammate I'd rather have in a game that mattered? No. Jeremy Roenick is a damn Hall of Famer. Fight me. I don't care. All right. I will not be born in Quebec. He'd probably already be in. Yeah, of course. Of course. All right. Let's bring in our buddy from Elite Prospects. It is Cam Robinson. Follow him on Twitter at hockey underscore Robinson. Cam, can you give us like a good three minutes on why Connor Bedard is so awesome? Sure, I could probably give you a good three hours on why Connor Bedard is so awesome. How long can the show run? Uh, you know, we've we've said it all before. We've heard it all before. He is a supremely talented player that also has this like insatiable thirst to have the puck, to win games, to dominate. He's not one of these guys that owns all the skill in the world and then you know is out there floating around. He's not Alexei Kovalev or. Alex McGillney, these guys that could frustrate you with all the skill, but not not all the effort. He's got he's got the passion. He's got the hunger. Um, he's not the biggest player, obviously, but the kid works hard in the gym. Like uh, I'm sure you saw the combine results there, and him standing there. You know, he might only be five foot ten, five foot eleven, uh, but he's thick. He, he's he's got the muscle mass. He's been working out. <clears throat> he is not Connor McDavid. You know, I've said this before. He does not have that electric, all world, generational speed but he's still a very quick player. Like he still has plus plus speed. Um, his shot is the best shot I've ever scouted. 
from a draft eligible. Um, that's ahead of Austin Matthews at the time. That's ahead of Patrick Laine at the time. That's ahead of insert whoever you want, who is an elite gold scorer heading into their draft year. His is better. Um, you know, we at EP ringside, we rank on a nine point scale for all the skills. We gave him an 8.5 for his shot. It could have been a nine. It could have been a perfect score, which has <laughs> never been given. We've never given an 8.5 for any skill. So his shot got that. His hands, super elite. I think we gave him an eight for his hands. His vision, super elite. I have a whole folder of clips of Connor Bedard doing an insane setup and his teammates not even being ready for it because they didn't expect it and then missing out on these glorious chances because they just weren't prepared for what he was doing. Um, like I literally have a folder of these things. Um, it's it's all there. The hands, super elite, the shot, the pass, everything. He's, he's going to be a superstar. He's going to be... If you take Austin Matthews and you take Mitch Marner and you put them together and then some weird freaky baby comes out, that's Connor Bedard. He is that level of player. I think he's going to develop into an all-world two-way player because that's just the drive that this kid has, is that he's not going to be satisfied with generating 65 points on the power play. He's going to want to drive it at five on five. He's going to want to get shorthanded goals. He's going to want to be beating guys down grinding them out getting the puck in the corner coming out and scoring goals the hard way too like it's it's all there it's it's literally all there if he was six foot four he'd be the greatest prospect of all time ahead of mario lemieux but he's not so he's just the greatest prospect that we've seen in the last 40 years all right i'm sold yeah, I'm done. I'm, I'm ready. Anybody to go. got a cigarette? <laughs> <laughs> Cam, I, I I did see something that you uh, in the last couple of minutes put onto Twitter, and I would like to bring it to this platform as well. Um, can you just from the outside looking in? We say it all the time, but I think Blackhawks fans want to hear it from the outside uh, of the Blackhawks fandom. Um, they are not trading this pick, correct? Yeah. There is, like, I put it out there because I see, I see it. I, unfortunately, I'm not sure the Twitter algorithm is just throwing things into I think my, into I my think your view. geolocation uh, probably gives you some more, some more Vancouver fans uh, in yeah, your timeline. Absolutely. All right. And, and, you know, so the people want it, want to make these ridiculous proposals. And it's not even like they're given the farm. It's not like they're like, okay, Colorado is going to give up McCarr and Rantanen and, and McKinnon for Bedard. And you know what? I still think Chicago would say no. Um, it, it's, it's like, oh, here's insert our top prospect plus a late first rounder in a couple seconds. That'll get it done, right? No, there is virtually no offer that could get it done. Someone sent me a DM right after I posted that. And like, what about McDavid and Drysaddle? Like, obviously they'd say yes to that. It's like, no, Chicago probably wouldn't say yes to that because now you're forking out 25 million to a couple guys who are, you know, 27, 28. And, you know, sure, they're going to be crazy elite, but the Blackhawks don't have the surrounding talent to get it done. Like Edmonton doesn't even have the surrounding talent to get it done with those guys. Why would Chicago have it? No, take Bedard, grow with him. And then when he's 24, 25, hopefully you have the horses to, to really bring it alongside and go for a championship. So I honestly can't think of a package that would make sense. You know, someone said Elias Pettersson and Quinn Hughes. It's like, sure, Vancouver would never offer that. But would Chicago even take that still? Pettersson's a top 10 center in the league, but Bedard could be number two in the league here in a minute. So it's like, I just, I honestly, I can't see a scenario where even in the in the fantasy world that a team would never make that offer, that Chicago would even take it. So no, he's going nowhere. The only way he's coming out of Chicago is if he pulls a Lindros and doesn't put on the sweater and demands a trade <laughs> before he ever steps on the ice. Yeah, and that's another one of our fantasy things we've heard a lot about. Who's just going to pull Lindros? Sure he is, pal. Uh, yeah. uh, we've been talking all week about, we've been profiling a lot of players that obviously we're, everybody's excited about Connor Bedard, but we're excited about this draft as a whole. The Blackhawks have multiple picks in the first three rounds, and this is going to be really important. Regardless of if they didn't win the lottery or not, this was going to be the most important draft of Kyle Davidson's tenure here as far as building this team. So we've been talking a lot about other guys after that number one overall pick. And a guy I fell in love with is Matthew Wood. I think he, I, I want some size added. You get in Bedard, but now let's get some size. Wood is the guy that I really want the Hawks to try and get. Probably not going to be there at 19. So kind of a two-part question for you. Tell me how the Blackhawks somehow can get Matthew Wood in the first round. <laughs> and if not him, who are some of the other guys that have that size as, along with the skill that would be a good consolation prize. 
Yeah, so, I mean, in order to get Matthew Wood, uh, you're probably going to have to move up, like you said. So, you know, everyone's been talking about Vancouver and, and the cap hell that they're in. They bought out OEL, so that's 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 given them a little bit of room to breathe. But still, they have way too many wingers that are all overpaid and don't bring enough to the table. So they're all very similar guys. Um, so, you know, we've, we've heard that thing bouncing around there. Maybe it's Brock Besser and Pick 11, for 19 and a second or something like that right and so now all of a sudden you jump up into that top 11 and you get a player who i think brock besser is still a really quality player to play with a kid like Connor bedard to insulate him on that first line to be a shooter to be a playmaker to to, to be a pro um and you jump up and it maybe it costs you one of your your second rounders too that you guys already have a bunch of i think a play like that you know, jump up into 11, Matt Wood's going to be there at 11. You could get a player like that for sure. Um, if you're sitting at 19, yeah, Matthew Wood's probably going to be gone because he's six foot four. He can play the middle of the ice. He's played a lot of wing lately, but, you know, he was a true freshman at UConn this year. Rarely do we see a 17-year-old coming in and playing the middle of the ice. Um, but he put up a point a game as a, as a green freshman in the NCAA. So the kid knows how to produce. I loved him in his draft minus one. I really hoped his feet were going to catch up to his body. They haven't yet, but he did take strides this year. Um, so, you know, I think he's, he's an upside pick, but if you're sitting at 19 and you want some meat and potatoes, you want some bigger guy, you know, look at a kid like Samuel Honzik coming out of the Western league, Vancouver giants probably would have been the, the WHL rookie of the year if he didn't get injured. Um, you know, he's, he's a power center. He's got some skill. He's got some two way ability. If he could, if he could start to handle pressure a little bit better and instead of just turning his back to it and protecting the puck, you know, welcoming it and using some of those puck skills he had, like, look out, he could actually be a top six center and a real contributor. So, you know, that's the player you could look at. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, you know, there's there's going to be some other options too that you, if you want to slide back, you know, a kid like Charlie Strammel, big, big player, you know, six foot four coming out of his draft minus one, looked like he was going to be a top 15 pick for sure. Had a tough season as a true freshman in the NCAA. Stock has dropped a bit. You know, you probably get him at 25, 30, and maybe you accrue even more assets, right? Or you, or you trade up later and you get a pick in that zone or you get him in the second round. So there's a lot of players that are going to be available there if you want to mix and match or, you know, sit at 19 and maybe you get yourself like Gabe Perot. And, and now you're laughing. And now you, all of a sudden you added yourself, Bedard and Gabe Perot, two of the smartest, most talented players in the crop. And then go and sign some bigger guys too, right? You go for talent now and get some meat and potatoes later too. I, I, size is, is something that they're lacking. And I'm glad you asked that question because Bedard's great. We're all thrilled that he's the pick, right? And, but then you look around and it's Nazar and it's, and it's Reichel, and you're not seeing a lot of size on the horizon. So there's one prospect I want to ask you about that the Hawks already have that we talk about but don't really project as a guy who's going to be here long term. What are your thoughts on Colton Doc? It's, it's, it's a guy who has d did well with Seattle, has shown chemistry with his Blackhawks teammates there. Uh, they've been playing together all year. Where do you project him? Because that could be an answer. It's a versatile guy, center or wing, with some size, with some scoring ability. Where do you project Colton Dock's NHL career now, uh, what, two years after he's been drafted? Yeah, so he's he's projecting to be more of a bottom six type of player, which is fine. You know, I think you got him, what, at the very tail end of that second round. Um, so he, he wasn't drafted to be a, a big producer. You know, he's got he's got a lot of things going for him that NHL teams will like that Chicago's going to like. Like, he's a leader. You know, he was the captain of the Rockets there to start this season. Uh, you know, he hits like a truck. He's got some good defensive awareness. He can play with skilled players and handle that at the junior level anyways. Um, so, you know, if, if he ends up being kind of like a third line center for you with some talented players on the wing, I think that that's a viable option. I would not be penciling him in anywhere in the top six, um, not on a good team anyways, down the line. Um, but, you know, like you said, he's a big boy, right? He's six foot four. He's 200 pounds. He, he knows how to hit. He knows how to play the game on a, on a north south way. I think that he's probably an NHLer. Um, have you guys signed him yet? Is he signed? He, he is signed, yeah. Yeah. and he'll yeah. likely so, be going to Rockford this, I was this say, uh, so summer. Get him into season. Rockford next year and, and have him uh, acclimate to the pro game there. And I don't think that'll be too big of a problem for him, but he'll start out in the bottom six in the AHL and have to work his way up. And so he's, he's, he's going to be a few years off. But yeah, that's I think that's a viable bottom six option, a homegrown option um, that could add some snarls, some PK work maybe, um, and kind of depth down the lineup. Yeah, because when you look at the Hawks' depth, that's already in the org up front. It's him and not much else. 
As far as size? As far as big forwards go. I mean, yeah, yeah there's Ryder Rolson, there's guys like that, but they're fringe players fringe. at best. Yeah. So yeah. Doc seems to be like the one guy they've got mm-hmm. with some NHL future in him. So, yeah, I was just curious because it's a guy that, like, we talk a lot about Korczynski and Allen and, and Nazar, and, but it feels like Doc's name doesn't come up very often for us. Yeah. So, cool. I wanted to just get your take on him. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I, I did want to ask about uh, goaltenders going into into this draft. We've we've talked about a, a couple of them that, I, you know, I think there's not a lot of top end, high end, elite goaltenders, but there's a lot of good, solid goaltenders that probably, you know, f- look like they're going to be starters in the NHL eventually. Uh, we're all of the idea that you should take a goaltender every year. Is there? Do you see a fit for the Blackhawks where their system's at right now and any of the goaltenders that project to kind of go in that second, third round that you think would make sense? Or do you think that, you know, maybe waiting until that fifth, sixth round is some somewhere where you can roll the dice? Yeah, we we often see a goalie run happen somewhere in the second round, maybe the early third, and, and one team grabs one, and then another team grabs one, and all of a sudden it's the goalie run, and everybody starts starts pulling off, and you see five or six go in a, in a 10 or 15 pick span. And I expect that'll happen as well, uh, probably in the mid-second is, is where we're going to see it. I know that some lists have a goalie in the first round. I do not have a goalie in my first round. I don't think that any of them really project highly enough. Um, you know, sure, Harabel's got the size, and and he's got some good numbers and he's got some good side to side movement it's like yeah he could be a starter but you're gonna wait five years and maybe he's not a starter whereas you could take a flyer on a kid in the fifth or sixth um someone who isn't as heralded but has some raw skills and has some size and that guy you're gonna wait five years and he might be a starter too or he might not and and you're and you're keeping your value picks early on in the draft for for players that you can you can have a an earlier hand in their development and and probably get some results sooner so yeah, there's going to be some options, and with Chicago having so many picks, it's like they they could take a swing on on a Harabel or a or a Bjarnson or you know a Trey Augustine or or any of these guys. Um, that you know Jacob Fowler's an interesting one coming out of the USHL. He was the MVP, of the playoffs there. He put up some really good numbers. I know a couple guys who really like him, but I trust the goalie people that I know. And none of them are really getting too hard over this class of netminders. So I think it's probably best unless there's a slider that you're like, oh, we like him in the mid-second and he's sitting there in the mid-third. Yeah, we'll take him now. Otherwise, take a dart in the fifth or sixth or don't and, and wait until next year and, and try it again. I, I don't think you need to take a goalie every year personally. Um, but, you know, if the system's starting to dry up a little bit, then, yeah, absolutely. You're going to want to get a couple in there. You can sign guys too, right? College free agents, junior free agents. Like goaltenders are such a weird position that these guys develop so late too that you, you know sometimes it works out well and, you, and someone drafts a jake ottinger in the first round and three years later they've got themselves an all-star but you know just as often someone wastes a high pick on a goalie and then they don't have a real asset i wanted to follow up with uh, another guy that i think you've, you've probably had an opportunity to get a lot of eyes on and we we went through a, a number of draft profiles of guys that we like and we think fit fit the Blackhawks uh, needs uh, a guy like Nate Danielson he's been characterized as a quote-unquote safe pick um, but is, is is that kind of a the wrong way to look at it because safe pick means yeah he'll be a good NHL player uh, do, what do you see from 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 Danielson I get asked this a lot because of where I live Vancouver and there's been a lot of smoke that the Canucks like him at 11 and I've had scouts tell me early on in the year, like this guy's going to go early. Um, I, I couldn't, I can't fall in love with him. I, I really have a hard time falling in love with the player. He's one of the oldest players in the crop. So, you know, I look at his draft minus one season as closer implication and reflection of what a true draft eligible kid would look like. Um, pretty medium for me, his draft minus one this year, you know, not playing on a very good team. I believe he was the captain of that club too. Um, you know, and he put up some good points. He put over a point a game on a not a very good team that doesn't score a ton. So, you know, his production was strong for his situation. He's got good speed, especially coming off the rush on an arc. He can let it go. He's not overly creative. He doesn't set up his shots with like, you know, great head fakes in his quick hands. He's not really darting inside outside. He plays a pretty straight up game. Um, so yeah, I think he's a center. And I think he's an NHLer. 
whether that's a fourth line center or a third line center, I don't know. But I think it's going to be one of those two things. I don't see a top six future for him. And I might be wrong. I've been wrong before. And, and some teams really, really like him. And it sounds like he's going to go earlier, much earlier than I would feel comfortable taking him at. Because when you're picking in the top 15, I want to take a swing. You know, I want I want to bet on a kid who, yeah, maybe it doesn't break right. And you've lost yourself an asset, but maybe it does. And you've got yourself a real interesting player that can handle his, himself in an offensive role and put up some real points and really drive offense. That said, I do recognize the value of a really strong third line center. So if that's what the team believes he could be, this could be our matchup guy down the road who could drive play a little bit and stand up defensively and really, you know, burden the other team's top offensive forwards. There's a lot of value there. So, you know, if that's what a team believes and they want to take him at 15 or 16 or something like that, go for it uh personally myself i have him more into the 20s i think he's he's better suited down there where you're where you're mixing in some of these more high upside but really risky talents um or you know they've got a lot of skill but they're really undersized um then yeah go ahead and take them in that zone in that 20 to 25 30 range are there any guys you have for whatever reason on a do not draft list you know be it you just believe they're going to be a total bust. You know they're a pud whack. Anything like that? Like, is there anyone that you would that you have that you have major red flags about uh, entering the draft? Yeah, I won't speak to some of the some of the off ice red flag guys that I have just because I'm not permitted to. But uh, there's a couple of them that will probably have their name called that I would not if it was me in the room i would not be putting my my foot down or my stamp on a player like that i, I you know there's there's some players that certainly have some questionable off ice uh habits and tendencies that should probably land them on some do not draft list and probably will land them on some do not draft list around the league but for just playing um you know it's it's kind of a joke at ep ringside but um cameron allen is a player who frustrates me beyond words um and it's a shame because he has such a wonderful first name but he you know came in came into this year looking like he was going to be a first rounder and i just all i see from him are terrible decisions and it, it just eats me up inside because he's got the physical tools to be a top four defender in the nhl and he just cannot get out of his own way um you know and of course i haven't i didn't watch him 75 times this year so i'm sure he'd had some good games it just seemed to happen every time i would i would tune in he was having a bad game a bad showing so you know i i, I do not rank him on my top 75 I wouldn't feel comfortable drafting him uh, if I was a GM or if I was a scout. And they're like, Cam, who's up next? It, it wouldn't be Cameron Allen. That's for sure. <laughs> Good to know. One guy that I, up until a few weeks ago when we started doing our profiles, I didn't know a lot about. But as I read up on him and watched some highlights, I was like, ooh, this kid would be fun on a power play with Connor Bedard for the next few seasons. And that's Bradley in the dough. Uh, that shot is ridiculous. Uh, what do you think of, of his NHL future and will he be available with maybe one of those early second round picks the Blackhawks have? I think that there's a very good chance that he could end up there. Yeah, I think that he could go late in the first round, too. Um, you know, it's it's always it's always difficult to draft out of these tier two junior A leagues um, because the competition just isn't there. Like he played for the Penticton V's this year. And I don't have their record in front of me, but it was something like 53 and one for the year, like <laughs> disgusting. They almost they almost swept their way through the entire playoff round. I think they ended up losing one game. Um, you know, he was the leading scorer of the league. He was the leading scorer of the playoffs. He was the MVP. Um, you know, he is a really good looking player. Um, he, he he actually measured a little smaller than I expected at the combine. Um, he's kind of got a, a stand-up skating style that maybe makes him look bigger on the ice. Uh, but the kid's got a rocket of a release. Like, I'm talking top five in the class, his shot. Um, you know, he's a good playmaker, too. He's got good hands. He's going to take a little bit because he's he's coming out of the BCHL and, and he's going to go to college, and I expect he'll play a couple of years of college. Um, but, you know, if you're looking at historic trends, like he – he outproduced what Kyle Turris did, what Alex Newhook did. Like he, he put up some serious, serious numbers in the BCHL, and I think he rejects well. I think that there's, there's a kid that I've got just outside of the first round on my board, and I haven't. I'll, I'll release it on Saturday, and so I'll probably stay up all night and, and just do a little <laughs> finicky stuff on it here and there. So maybe he ends up at 32. Uh, he's sitting 33 on my list right now, so just outside of that first round. And yeah, I think that'd be a terrific pick early in the second. If he's still there on day two, I, I don't think it'll be for very long. All right, since we're all asking about our favorites and the guys we've uh, identified, one guy I really like uh, is a later round pick, not later round, like second, third round pick is Anton Wahlberg 
the big Swede. I know he's got some very raw skills. What do you think of his game, and could you see him uh, being available in the Hawks pick in the second round? Yeah, I could see him being there for sure. Um, I'm just pulling up to see where we had him. We we didn't we didn't have him ranked until 60 <clears throat> on our board. Um, and you know, it's it's kind of that he's he's just kind of really he's good at everything great at nothing maybe let's yeah. let's say it like that Same. you know so you know a, a, he's physical that's probably his best trait um but you know the fact that he handled himself for 15 or 20 games in the shl is always a good sign and and that that speaks to his size that that helps him out like if he wasn't six foot three if he was five foot nine he probably wouldn't have saw any shl time but he can handle himself he could play that bottom six role not seeing a ton of minutes get the puck in you know make smart plays play defensively get in on the four check those are the type of things um we wanted to see you know he he was really popping off in in the j20 there um and but we expected him to do even more right we we want to see him when he's playing against his peer to really really elevate his game and his offensive upside and his creativity and and it just didn't see that enough to really warrant him i know some people like him maybe in the late first round or very very early second i i'm of the mind that he's more of that kind of mid to late second round pick even a third rounder um but he's probably gone before that should we get to some of our uh, fan pe- questions? We've had yeah, a couple had a couple of listeners as we were doing our, our uh, profiles rapid, this rapid week. Rapid fire a few of them. Yeah, so I, a lot of people are very interested in defenseman Dmitry Simishev. I don't know how he'll be available when the Hawks pick unless they trade up for him, but a lot of people interested in that name. What do you know about him? I love Dmitry Simishev. <laughs> he is the best defenseman in this class. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Um, he is six foot four. He is skates just beautifully. Like it is, it is, it is enthralling to watch. It is mesmerizing this guy because he doesn't look like he's going all that fast or all that hard. But the legs is just this long, fluid stride that generates so much power. He's elusive on the on the retrievals. Guys try to touch him and he's just shake and bake. And he moves the puck really, really well. His first pass is clean. He defends the rush very very well for his age the kid played nearly half his his games in the khl this year defending khl forwards off of the rush and holding his own not only holding his own but he was doing well so you know the big knock on him is like where are the points and early on in the mhl he was just like completely snake bitten he should have had he should have had way more points i think he had like one assist through the first like 15 games in the juniors and it's like oh man this guy can't put up any points but if you watched him he's creating he was just getting completely unlucky then he rattled off you know not quite a point per game but nearly through the back half of his junior season and then you know khl defenseman seeing six minutes a night you don't expect any points but let's say the points don't come that he ends up being a guy who puts up 12 or 15 points in the NHL. He's still probably going to be an all-world stopper. You could still have him on your top pair. And he and he could just be out there making everything look pretty and stopping everyone who comes down his side. Um, so I've got him number eight on my board. I think he's a tremendous talent. I think he's going to go in the mid-first. Um, I would be upset if he's there at 19. I will be <laughs> banging the table in Nashville being like, somebody pick Dmitry Simishev. Um, you know, if he gets by Calgary at 16, if he gets by Detroit at 17, like, I don't know what's going on. But he shouldn't. So if he's there at 19, yeah, Chicago better sprint up to the podium and grab him. All right, next up, Delibor Dvorsky. Yeah, I like Dvorsky. I did the film room for him for EP ringside, which means I watched way too much of his tape. Um, <laughs> he's a good player. He is strong. He's a center iceman. He's got a pro body. He scored like 85% of his goals from the slot or the paint. Kid knows how to get into the hard areas. Played in the Alsvenskin, so used to playing pro hockey too. You know, high-end puck skills too that, that he'll flash every now and again. Uh, looked like he could have been a top five pick coming out of his draft minus one. I don't think he's got that kind of juice now, but I know that teams love him. That yeah, They loved him before he had the big U18s too. So he was probably already going to go top 10. Then he had the big monster U18s. I, I'll be surprised if he's there past seven. Samuel Hanzek. Yeah, mentioned Hunzik there before. So, you know, really, really strong rookie season for the Giants before he got injured. Came back, not as great mobility there with the knee injury. Uh, Got to hope that that's going to get cleaned up here with some rest and recovery. But uh, big boy, plays in the middle, got some hands on him, you know, can distribute the puck, good rusher. Um, I think has a really strong middle six future ahead of him. And I know everyone's really interested in Andrew Crystal. Uh, good friends with Connor Bedard and one of the most polarizing prospects of the draft. Yeah, another one who I did the film room on, but I did it earlier in the year. So I did it when when he was popping off there, when he was nearly keeping pace with Bedard on a point level. Um, he's got great skills. He's got great hands. He's got great vision. He can create offense. 
the feet are great. I've got him as below average skater um, and a little bit of a soft skill guy. Doesn't doesn't love to get hit. Doesn't love to fight his way into the middle of the ice. Has uh, you know makes some bad plays to avoid getting hit, which I never love. Um, so I've got him at thirty or thirty-one on my list. Um, you know, there's still there's still organizations that I think have him in the top twenty, and then there's there's other teams that I've talked to that said they wouldn't feel comfortable taking him in the top two rounds. So he's like you said, very polarizing because if he's not a, like a first liner on your first power play. And, and kind of getting some some grace from the coaching staff to not worry about some of the harder matchups and harder skill things. Uh, I don't know if he's an NHLer, so it's 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 a tough one for him. Interesting. I got one more. Yeah. Uh, Oscar Fisker Molgard. Mm, I like him too. Uh, <laughs> one, one of my favorites, actually. So I'll pull it up here. I think I've got him 20, which is maybe the highest of anybody um, wow. that, I, that I've seen personally. Yeah. So he doesn't blow you away with individual skill. Um, it's, it's more of like the, the sum of his parts is, is where he gets his value from. So he's a plus level skater. Um, he, he attacks the middle of the ice through the dotted line. He can open up space for his mates. He creates changes through or, uh, lanes through his speed changes, gear changes. Um, great on the forecheck. Takes really really nice strong routes to disrupt the defenders and, and create turnovers or force them into trouble um in the defensive zone he recognizes threats he clogs up lanes he disrupts opportunities uh, he played you know in the shl for a good chunk this year too he played at the men's world championships um he's got good maturity i think there's also more upside there offensively i think that there's he's been tasked with some more defensive roles and playing up levels and that's what you're going to be when you're 17 playing pro hockey is i think there's more baked in there i think that this kid could be a top six center option for a team that you're going to get maybe on day two probably on day two um but i think he's a first rounder for sure all right last one for me who do you think is going to make a big jump maybe unexpectedly and who do you think might fall unexpectedly uh when wednesday arrives I don't know how unexpected it'll be if he falls, but I'm going to be super pissed off when Zach Benson falls. And and I think that there's every reason to believe that he's going to be there outside of the top 10, and he shouldn't be. So that one, I think, is, is going to be... Some team's going to get a home run pick outside of the top 10 if he's still there. So, so for me, I'd say Benson... Another kid who maybe could slip a little bit is Braden Yeager, which another one I don't think should. It's just that the hype coming out of his draft minus one was that he could be a top five pick. And then he moved full time to the middle of the ice and he made a concerted effort to add some more defensive ability and more playmaking to his game. And so he wasn't uncorking that wicked shot all the time. So his goal totals went down. His overall production went up. But uh, but teams, it sounds like some teams are sleeping on him. So, you know, he could be around there in the 20s. And again, a team, you know, like Minnesota or something, pick 20 or 21 is going to just be like, oh, thank you very much. Um, someone who could jump up, you know, who's got a lot of helium, Tom Wielander. You know, he's the the smooth skating right shot defenseman coming out of Sweden. Um He's got some snarl too. Like he's six one and, and maybe only like a buck seventy five or something. But like he hits, he hits hard. He you know runs the stick down the back of the spine on the net front. Um, he's got a little nasty to him. I like him a lot. Like I've got him in the top twelve. I know most people have him probably in that twenty to thirty range. I could see him going in the top ten. So he he's got some juice. He's got some helium. Um, I'll say one more too is Nick Lardis, who's kind of like Braden Yeager light. He's just a bit smaller, but he's got just a wicked release when he moved teams there mid season in the OHL. His point totals took off. His goal scoring took off. He had, you know, a really strong finish to his year. And teams love to see that. They want to see that trajectory going up, up, up. And so he's another one that most uh, most are projecting to be a second rounder. I could see him slipping into kind of the late teens, early 20s too. Cam, it's been great, man. We love having you on. Uh, you're going to be in Nashville, you said? Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. No. The, the three of us will be there too. Oh, beauty. We'll hopefully run into each other. And uh, we appreciate your time as always. I know it's a super busy time of year for you. So uh, it is peak Cam Robinson season. So we're happy to have you, man. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me on. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll see you out there. All right, man. Thanks, That's guys. Cam Robinson from Elite yeah. Prospects. Follow him on Twitter at Hockey underscore Robinson. Yeah. yeah, I envision us getting him back uh, in sometime in July to tell us how good or not good the draft class was. How uh, good it was. Yes. Yeah, I, yes. I, I, I don't have uh, – there used to be a time when I dreaded the NHL draft when it came to the Blackhawks because I knew I was just going to get frustrated and disappointed. Mm. And now it's like, mm-hmm. give me all the picks. Yeah. So, something, something interesting from Scott Powers' piece uh, today in, in The Athletic, uh, there are no players on the, on the Blackhawks roster from their draft classes. I think it was 20. 
2018 down to 2006. Not one player is with the organization. It's uh, <laughs> not great. No, it's crazy. And there weren't a whole lot of those guys left to begin with. Um, right. You know, yeah, I, I think we are getting the exact opposite of what we're used to. We're going we, to we're gonna see patience. We're already seeing patience. We're seeing stressing on development, not get here now. And, oh, my God, help us keep this window pried open for us. Right. Um, so, yeah, I just let's as we were talking about throughout the entire month of April, let's get the draft lottery here. So it's over. Let's get the yeah. draft. Let's get like Wednesday. Let's get here. Like Monday morning, we're piling into a minivan and we're getting down to, to Nashville and it's just going to be a great week and just super excited, uh, for all the prospects that are going to get added to the system. In addition to, Connor freaking Bedard. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's nice. a very exciting time to be a Blackhawk fan. And uh, there's our road trip logo for you. Mm-hmm. So you can join us Tuesday, uh, Tuesday afternoon. If you're getting down there early enough, uh, join us over at Hopsmith. Grab your tickets. Three hours, open bar. I'm going to have some food for you. And uh, it's going to be hot. Yeah. And sunny. Gold Bond season. In Nashville. Oh, yeah. I, I'm going to have to go to get the Costco-sized Gold Bond to survive. Does Gold Bond make underpants? That's my question. Maybe. Um, about as much as I'm going to use, my <laughs> underpants might as well be made out of Gold Bond. It's going to be sweaty. Yeah. It's going to be hot, and it's going to be sunny. While our shorts might be in trouble, our eyeballs will be protected yeah. because we will all be wearing our Shady Rays. We have the gear built the last to take on the sun our friends at shady rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price shady rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good i say better than any expensive pair we've ever worn durable frames and extremely clear optics for your outdoor adventures that's not all shady rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements if you lose or break your pair even on day one they told us they're going to send you a brand new pair no questions asked Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase. Not only are you going to look great, but you're going to feel great because together with their customers, Shady Rays is providing the much-needed support to nonprofit partners across the U.S. through Shady Rays Impact. From building play sets to pediatric cancer patients to providing young adults with MS, the outdoor adventure of a lifetime, Shady Rays is making an impact in your community and others just like it now and for years to come. And if you don't love your Shady Rays, but you're going to, you can always exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you buy your sunglasses from Shady Rays and exclusive for our listeners. That's you lovely people out there in podcast world. Shady Rays is giving you their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com, use the promo code CHGO at checkout, and you're going to get 50% off all orders of two or more pairs of those awesome polarized sunglasses rated five stars by over 250,000 people. A lot of stars, a lot of people. Hey, uh, if you want to get your home or your office or your home office, or your basement, or your bedroom, or living room, or man cave or she shed decked out in the best sports gear around, uh, go to our friends at FOCO, that's F-O-C-O.com, and check out their ex- their extensive catalog of some of the best sports gear, including hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, everything in between. Uh, you can get some Aloha shirts, some straw hats, some polos, bags, tons of bobbleheads you can see our set is decked out a lot of this came from foco uh i know we are going to definitely up update our blackhawks bobblehead collection uh much like the blackhawks draft classes from 2006 2016 um our bobbleheads no longer play on the blackhawks so mm. we're going to need to get some uh some current bobbleheads yeah. here from foco and see you bobblehead yes uh, his his is probably more bobble feet yeah how fast he is so if it's not a thing, Colin Blackwell bobblehead of him laying on the ground. He's just, his whole th- <laughs> that one that one that one just kind of falls over a lot. Yeah, uh, but hey, we're just idea machines Topple here. Head. If, if Foco <laughs> is listening, head. topples over. 
Uh, go to foco.com, F-O-C-O.com. Uh, click or click the link in the description below. And when you do, use the promo code CHGO, and you are going to get 10% off all non-pre-sale items in your purchase. Uh, again, that is our friends, F-O-C-O, Foco. All right, we got to go. We got to get out of here. We are late. Uh, CHGO is standing by. Lawrence is stalking us. Oh, one last super chat from Levante. Oh. Says, could the Blackhawks obtain a third first-round pick? And great interview as always. Guys, y'all do a great job and appreciate you all immensely. Uh, yes, they yes, could get a third second. They could do whatever they want. Yes, yep. they, they could. It, I wouldn't rule it out. Um, I'm sure... I think Kyle Davidson wants to be aggressive, so, yes, so I would love to see them get into the third round. Expect anything again. and everything on uh, on the two expect draft days. Guard Mitch Kauf Benson. Let's go. Yes. All right. <laughs> we'll talk to y'all tomorrow too on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. <laughs>